You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Big Show Hour 4 continues live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. Well, we have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Calgary Hitmen get ready to play game one of their first round WHL Eastern Conference playoff series against the Red Deer Rebels on Friday. Game two goes on Saturday. We go down the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline, and we are joined by the head coach of the Calgary Hitmen, Steve Hamilton. Good morning, Steve. Thank you for doing this with me. My pleasure. You hear it in baseball a lot. You know, at the end of a season, teams playing hot, they have that momentum. They tend to go in the playoffs on a bit of a high. Hitmen have been playing playoff hockey for a little a bit now. How do you do? You feel that as well, or is it like you know, turn the page? It's now the second season. Well, I think there's yeah, two sides of the coin. There, we've absolutely been in a playoff type mode for the last month or so, mm-hmm. uh, particularly probably the last seven games, and um, which is a credit to our guys. We um, put a put a task to them in the last seven games and and uh, had them look at the, the schedules of all of our opponents, look at our schedule, and ask them to determine what do they think it would take to, to not only make the playoffs, but to get seventh. And uh, the number they came up with was we'd need to be 5-2 and two and uh, win the series. And um, to their credit, we were 5-2 and two in the last mm-hmm. seven and, and uh, got the seventh spot we were looking for. And full credit to them. And, and then the flip side of that is, as of Sunday, um, <laughs> brand new season. Oh, so yeah. all the all the hard work, all the numbers, everything just completely resets. Which for us, I think is uh, is important. It's a you know a second life, so mm-hmm. to speak. And and uh, you know I think our guys have really embraced what we've needed to do to be successful and needed to do to to push our way into the playoffs. So you know there's a lot of a lot of positives going on around here and, mm-hmm. and a lot of confidence. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So in the eight meetings with the Rebels this year, the group went 2-4-2, two, and two, played them tough. Really, the only outlier was at the was the defeat at the Dome three weeks ago. Stylistically, how do you like the matchup with the, uh, with the Rebels? Well, I think both teams, you know, certainly play kind of a north-south game. Uh-huh. Uh, Red Deer is a heavy team, and, um, you know, they're, they generate a lot from from plays around the paint and, and uh, have an excellent power play, you know, for us, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fair matchup a hundred percent. I think we uh, have had success when we've been dialed and, and played to a certain style. And uh, by no means do we carry an edge in, in all the departments, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have to scratch and claw against this team. And I think that's kind of been our mantra here. Um, throughout the season against them. Special teams has been a big talking point for for the group this year. Uh, top PK, the PP has seen uh, a lot of improvement. Most nights you win the special teams battle, you're going to come out on top. How special, uh, how big of a point in this series is winning those uh, special team battles? Well, huge because they have a, they have a top ranked power play mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they've got a lot of weapons and, and two strong units. So, Discipline is going to be a big piece, obviously. You don't need to see their power play five, six, seven times a game because the math doesn't bear out well. Uh, we're confident in our penalty kill. We've done a great job all year. 
our guys have really embraced how important that is. Like you said, our our power play in the last by the end of January to the end of the year, I think was running at twenty eight percent, and uh, you know that was a huge turnaround for us. It didn't necessarily reflect in the in the overall season stats, but um, definitely a, we're in a better space there early on in the year. Um, didn't find our groove on the power play, but I feel like we're we're definitely uh, you know a more dangerous group on the power play. So you know special teams are are critical, and especially in a in a playoff series where you'd expect every game to be tight. There's not going to be a ton of margin either way. It's it's been a bit for for the Hitmen uh, since making the playoffs. 2019. Uh, it's a group that they don't have a lot of the playoff experience. It's been like you know, Sean Chagall had the four games. Riley Fiddler Schultz, I believe, had 11 that that postseason. So it's it's a majority that will be getting their first taste of the postseason. What do you tell a group that's maybe a little bit low in the in the experience uh, sector when it comes to postseason? Well, I don't think we know any better, so that's yeah. probably a positive. And honestly, for our guys, that's a level of excitement and. You know, two years the playoffs are uh, canceled due to the you know the events of the world, yeah. and I think that was disappointing for everybody. And obviously, last year we were a bit of a younger team and and didn't uh, didn't make the, the playoffs. So we end up, you know, I think we have four guys on our roster that have played games Jacob Wright and Carter McAdams with other teams. But um, sometimes a, a little bit of that uh, youthful youthful excitement, a little. A little bit, probably, um, you know, some going to be a, a huge learning curve. But I would take away from our group the fact that they're uh, overwhelmed or or nervous. I would say the pressure doesn't really lie on our doorstep. No. We're, uh, you know, we're the underdogs, and I think it's it's just fine for our guys to continue down the path we've been on. Uh, getting healthy has been a big part in obviously seeing the Hitmen uh, get back into where they want to be, playing a little bit better. How's the health overall with the group heading into the postseason? Well, for the most part, we're we're you know as healthy as we've been in a long time. Yeah. And, and as you alluded to, we we went through a stretch of about you know six eight weeks where we could hardly field a healthy lineup night after night. And that's, that's junior hockey. You're going to go through that. You just would prefer not to go through it all at once. And uh, so we did get hit by the injury bug for a substantial amount of time. And, um, you know, if I'm honestly assessing our team, we're extremely hard working group, but we don't have a lot of margins night after night. It's not as though we can, you know, take a guy from the fourth line, move him to the first line yeah. for five weeks and say, hey, have at it, you're ready. Um, a lot of our our younger players are, are finding their way in the league. And so th- those are always going to be tall asks, but it's also really good experience because if you want to be a successful playoff team, you're going to need guys to be versatile and, and situationally dependent on, you know, where their minutes may lie. So I think, you know, the silver lining is, we had to ask some guys to to step out of their roles and and elevate. And um, now that you get healthy, you hope that that experience uh, pays dividends. We're talking with Steve Hamilton, head coach of the Calgary Hitmen, getting ready for Game One of their first round series with the Red Deer Rebels going on Friday night. Want to give a good shout out to Riley Fiddler Schultz and uh, Carter Yakumchuk. Carter Yakumchuk, sorry, both rewarded for their outstanding seasons, being named to Central uh, the Central Division All Star teams. Uh, for Riley, the captain. Uh, he's been through a lot with you. 
Led the entire dub in faceoffs, and for Carter Yakumchuk, local guy, third among WHL defensemen in goals, led the league in power play goals uh, from a defenseman. What's it mean for for these guys? One at the end of his junior career, and the other getting ready for the next steps in his junior career as he's a, a 2024 draft eligible. Well, I think it's a, a testament to what others think of them, um, you know, which is neat because you don't vote for your own team uh, on those things and. It is, you know, league management, league executives, coaches make, uh, you know, vote for that process. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it really does highlight, you know, for a guy like Riley, just how very important he is to us in virtually every facet of the game. And um, he had a tremendous year uh, offensively. You alluded to his, his face-offs. I mean, he's a machine there and and really has taken his game and elevated it year after year. And um, for a young guy like Carter, I think that's high praise and well-deserved. You know, we, we talked about it yesterday, like he ended up with 19 goals this year for a defenseman, yeah. which as a 17 year old defenseman, you don't see very often. And I think what 14 or 15 of those were on the power play. So um, we talked about the resurgence of our power play. I would say that there's, you know, Carter, Yakum yeah, Yakumchuk and Oliver Tulk, two 17-year-olds, had a large hand in that. And uh, for Carter, he's he's got quite a ceiling. Um, and I don't think he's beginning to really um, get to where he's going to go to uh, long-term. He's he's just really starting to pop as a player. And, and uh, full marks for him. He takes on a lot of resp- responsibility night after night. You mentioned Oliver Talk there, big second season for him, second in team scoring. What are some of the good things you've seen from Oliver as he enters a potentially very big summer for him? Yeah, I mean, while he's a, a right-handed version of Riley Fiddler Schultz in the uh, face-off circle, you know, in the sense that, um, you know, he's right up there in the number of draws he's won. And um, great to have two guys that, that take draws to that degree of success. Uh, you know, for Oliver, he's, uh, highly skilled. I think his biggest improvement this year was play away from the puck. Um, we met with him in our exit meeting last year and asked him what his plan was for this season. He said, I want to be the team's, you know, number two center. And, and uh, you know, true to form, he, he had a very good summer and, and came in much more prepared for that and, and the responsibilities that come along with it. So, you know, it's exciting when you've got young players that have, uh, you know, began to kind of take off and and just how important that is for the program going forward. Yeah, the young players. Talk about the rookies on the screen. I'm talking like London Hoylet's had a big, big season. Carson Wetch is another guy that's had to chip in with some some real important minutes. Matteo Denis obviously had a really big game not too long ago as well. Talk about the youth in this in this uh, team going forward and, and how the rookies have looked uh, in, in their first year in WHL action. Well, um, as I alluded to earlier, you know, there's been times where we've asked a lot of them yeah. and, you know, for London, um, you know, London and Carson and, and Mateo, all, all of those guys have provided some timely offense for us. I mean, London's story has been well-documented. Mm-hmm. He was a walk-on, uh, made the team out of camp. I, I think he's got, you know, 13 goals this season for a first-year guy playing primarily in a, you know, in a bottom six role. Those 13 goals have been pretty valuable. Oh, yeah. Denis, I think, is at 15, and and both of those guys are 
smart, hedgy players and and super valuable. I mean, we do not have a Bedard-like player in our lineup, so we're going to need much more committee mm-hmm. than um, focusing on two or three stars to to drive it for us. And and those contributions from the younger guys has, have been, you know, incredibly important. And I look at our back end and. We talked about Carter, but you know we're uh, you know a young guy like Dax Williams has been in and yeah. out of the lineup, and in the last you know eight or nine games straight, he's he's kind of solidified our third pairing, and he's a kid that won a championship last year with the U18, um, you know Calgary Buffaloes, mm-hmm. and and so that's ex- important experience, and he's a guy that hasn't been overwhelmed at all by the by the moment or, or the scenario that we've gone through here. He, just shows up every day, puts the gear on, plays hard, knows who he is as a player. And I think all of those young guys have, have really um, provided the depth we've looked for and, and at times have, have been able to give us some minutes up the lineup. Braden Peters, coming off WHL goaltender of the week, uh, he's been super important down the stretch. Confidence in him has to be at a, at a high here, right? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think... Braden is a, is a difference maker, and um, you know his season was. Um, you know we we split a lot of the duties with him and Ethan Bonaventura, mm-hmm. and as it came down to it here, we just felt like we were going to ride Ethan, or excuse me, Braden. Uh, understanding we have a you know a great goaltender in Ethan alongside him, um, but we really felt that Braden was going to be our guy, and just going to go with him. He played a three and three in a critical weekend against Medicine Hat, um, which included some travel. Asked him if he wanted to start on Sunday. He said absolutely, one hundred percent. And you know, you look at where the standings played out that weekend. Mm-hmm. Getting a sweep of Medicine Hat, you know, solidified seventh for us. And and Braden's been a big part of that. And you know, he's twenty year old guy. He wants it. He wants the opportunity. He wants the, the moment. So. You can't uh, you can't ask for more from the starting starting goaltender than what he's given us. Yeah, no, Braden Peters has been he's he's a hitman through and through. Uh, he's one of the longest lo- got to be the longest serving hitman, eh? Him uh, and Riley. Riley. Him, okay, Riley. Riley. Yeah. Okay. Riley actually came in at sixteen. Okay. And, uh, Petey was a uh, was uh, that was the year that Jack McNaught yes. played twenty two yeah. straight games and Braden <laughs> came in. Braden was our third guy and uh, ended up playing probably more than we had thought. But, uh, yeah, he's been with the organization for a long time. No, I'm definitely definitely rooting for for, for Peters and, and Riley for sure this postseason, for sure. Uh, you got the, the two in the PV Mart Centurium. Obviously, that's that's a crazy junior rink. That's, that's an awesome facility. Uh, getting the two games there would be massive. Like, not going to say that. But would you just be happy with a split knowing how you've played these guys this year? And, hey, you get the split coming back home? Well, I think as cliche as it sounds, we really just one game we're going to deal with the day at a time. Yep. You know, and then <laughs> really that's what we talked about. Is, yeah, is you know the idea that you got to win the day, mm-hmm. and and plain and simple, you get to enjoy the day. Um, you have success, you enjoy it till midnight, and then really it's a new day, and there's no carryover. Um, all of that stuff resets every night, and uh, good or bad, there's going to be nights here. You're not pleased with your performance. It's, it's a complete reset and, and start again. And I think the mental aspect of our team here has, has grown a ton. Yeah. We've had to endure a lot of adversity, and 
Um, the guys have stuck together. Everybody here is a connected group, and and I like where we're at mentally going into the playoffs, and that's a big piece. Mm-hmm. If you're just happy to be there, you just want to show up and and get your four games and get out, then you know if you that's your mindset. What are you doing? Pretty good chance that <laughs> that's the way it's going to play out. Yeah. But I think our guys' mental game really. We just want to be about our, our team, our approach, our execution, and and uh, be confident in that. Well, Steve, best of luck uh, in this series with Red Deer. Uh, thank you for taking your time out of your busy morning. I know you got to get uh, ready for, for a big bowl postseason series here coming up this weekend. Again, thank you, Steve. All the best. Well, thank you. My pleasure. There you go. There's uh, head coach of the Calgary Hitman, Steve Hamilton, as they get ready for a big first-round series with uh, the rival Red Deer Rebels. Not a long road trip, just an hour and a half bus ride up north. Uh, shouldn't be, shouldn't hurt the boys too much. But yeah, getting a, getting a split up against Red Deer would be massive. Heading back uh, to the dome for Game Three, which would be on Monday. Game Four would go next Wednesday, uh, and uh, Game One can uh, will we go on Friday at seven o'clock in Red Deer? It would be heard on our alternate feed over at Sportsnet.ca/slash/nine-sixty, as uh, the Flames and Canucks will also be in action at the very same time. Uh, game Two, however, can be heard. In its entirety, right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan at 7 p.m. Uh, I wanted to play this one uh, quickly before uh, we get out of here. Uh, here's Daryl Sutter from uh, last night after a big 2-1 victory over the Los Angeles Kings. Just your thoughts on, on the game? It's a pretty good game. Overcame some interesting calls. Still one. Have you ever coached a game with three disallowed goals? Probably, but not very... I thought two more goals. Can you listen on the discussion on the second disallowed goal, what the ref said to you at the bench? Which one? The was second one took a little bit longer. Well, they, they just exactly what they announced, inconclusive. But if I'm leaning on the net and looking down there, I think I can see if it was in the net or not. Is it nice to have a low scoring game versus this team given the Barbers? It's one goal game. Doesn't really make much difference. We're trying to. What goaltenders both made some big saves and, and uh, got some calls. Well, that's the kind of game you preach, though, to hold that 2-1 lead for over two periods? Yeah, I don't think that's the case anymore. I, I don't think I've preached that. I think maybe 10 years ago you did. I think now you try to score the next one and keep big guys off the sheets. That's a pretty lethal team to hold off the... Yeah, they get two big lines, that's for sure. You look at the goaltender line and... It's three top guys, and then they got three guys in the second line that they've traded or signed as unrestricted guys. Are pretty big horses for them. In a, in a game that's this close, when you have those kind of calls that go against you, how do you make sure that it doesn't have an impact on the mood of the bench? Not much I can do about it. I'm not going out there. Are you are you impressed by how your team, I guess, rolled with the? Yeah, the you know what? Because we won, I am. So if they just. If, Guaranteed, you, if they just scored to make it 2 2, you'd ask the next question, the other question, right? So. Daryl, can you speak to the importance of not breakaway saves when we're still ahead? Well, there's two or three of them. I mean, it's shorthanded breakaway they had. Uh, the one at the end of the first period, block shot, just, you know, it's under 30 seconds, just filter the puck through or behind. Uh, power play uh, also. So there's probably two or three. I mean, give, give Marky full marks. 
There you go. There's the head coach, Daryl Sutter, from last night. Flames pick up a massive two points in their chase for this Western Conference wildcard spot. Uh, not a lot to do on the NHL scoreboard tonight. You have a night off, everybody. You can go and, and do whatever you want. It's a beautiful day. There's just three games around the NHL. Big ones out east as the Panthers try and get back into their wildcard spot. They're in Toronto. The Islanders and Capitals, that's a big one, as the Islanders try and put more spot, space between themselves and the last wildcard spot. And then out west, Colorado and Minnesota, the Avalanche's pursuit for the Central Division and top spot in the Western Conference continues. Uh, take a look at the standings here. The Colorado Avalanche enter tonight's, they have a chance to leapfrog Minnesota with a win and get back to first place in the Central Division. I don't think they've been in first spot all year, uh, but they're a wagon right now. 9-1 and one in their last 10. They've won three in a row. Nathan McKinnon, if he played, maybe played all of the season, he's missed a a little bit of chunk. He's only played 62 games. He'd be well into the 100-point category. Uh, we all know he's going to win the Hart Trophy, but I believe Nathan McKinnon, if he played a full season, would definitely be a nominee as well. But those Avalanche are looking good. Uh, Flames, they're off until Friday uh, when they take on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are also off until Friday when they take on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, locally, though, the Calgary Wranglers play their second-to-last home game tonight against the Henderson Silver Knights. It is casino night down at the Dome. Uh, yeah, the Wranglers are three points up on the Coachella Valley uh, Firebirds, but they have two games in. Or they have don't have, the Coachella Valley has two games in hand over uh, the Wranglers. Uh, so two more home games before uh, uh, they're off on the road for six, and the Wranglers uh, will then hopefully have a bye and then come back home for the AHL playoffs are weird, but uh, get out and uh, support the Wranglers if you can. Final two home games, and on Friday they'll be unveiling their mascot, the 1 p.m. Kids Day game. Uh, the Wranglers will be unveiling their mascot. We're trying to maybe work, uh, maybe get the mascot. In. I don't know if they're joking, but maybe we can get the mascot in studio. Oh, that'd be fun. Like just have him. Like I don't know if he would talk, <laughs> but he'd just sit there and just stare. I guess it depends what it is. Like if it's if it's I don't know. I don't. Know. We'll see. I I feel like it's just going to be like in the same lines of like the Philly fanatic UP. It's nothing. It's just. A character. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's just that walking anthropomorphic thing. I don't think we're getting a horse, a fire horse or anything. I don't think it's Scorch. Maybe it's an improved Scorch. Who knows? We'll see. Speaking of mascots, I don't know. You know those big rubber inflatable versions of mascots you see at games sometimes? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where the Raptors have a giant one. You know how much that guy makes a year? How much? 180 grand. What? <laughs> to literally bounce around and like swallow people in his mouth. Like, I don't know. And you get the game, like, and you get to go to the game. Whatever, yeah. 180 grand, he clears. Being the Raptors' inflatable mascot, not too bad. He's not the Raptor, right? But he's, he's the, the other. He's the other one they have. Huh? But 180 grand that guy makes. Sweet gig. It is. You don't have to show your face or anything. Love it. We'll get out of here. Uh, Merrick show is up next. Uh, who do they got? To have uh, no, no Jeff Merrick. It'll be Maddie Marchese hosting. Uh, they'll kick off uh, the show at 10 o'clock with Liam McHugh, host of uh, the NHL on TNT. At 11 o'clock, Billy Jaffe from Nesson and the Morning Brew podcast talking all things Boston Bruins. Can they get the NHL's all-time win record? Tough one last night, dropping to the Nashville Predators. Uh, let me see, the 62 is the record. The Bruins have 57, and they have uh, eight games left, so... We'll it's interesting. Say, it'll be close. Would you want to chase the record, or would you want to like play safe for the playoffs? It as doesn't well? matter with this group. I don't think like it, it's there. There, and I have not seen a team dominate this much. And it's probably been about 
since the Tampa Bay Lightning won their 62 games, and then I believe they were ousted in the first round. So, again, it doesn't really matter. We know the President's Trophy curse as well. Uh, they'll be uh, able to clinch that one, I believe, with a, with a win in their next match. They had a chance to clinch it last night, but fell uh, to the Predators. So, yeah, that'll be Billy Jaffe at 11. And then Elliot Friedman with his uh, traditional hit at 11.30 from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. For Alex Brody, I'm Patrick Dumas. You've been listening to The Big Show here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.